Hi, this is Mike Farkas reading from my book, Phone Slaves. Welcome to episode 18, which is a description of the receptionist karma, as well as the elevator situation at For Sure Telecom. Karma is a ridiculously beautiful young woman. A born cover girl, she stops traffic. She makes men whistle. She makes women whistle. She makes people who find women attractive whistle. Karma is break and whistle beautiful. Mook believes karma is the main reason anyone works at for sure in the first place. She makes an incredible first impression. Any Joe Schmo down on his luck who shows up for an interview is instantly smitten. Of course, utterly unaware that centerfold-like karma not only farts flute music, but that she is also Big Al's daughter. At the end of the day, karma ritually abandons her desk station out of necessity, escaping the 15-minute migratory hullabaloo of the flummoxed throng passing through the flux gate that is her personal office space. By making herself absent from the elevator scene, she also insulates herself from any possibility of casual affront or insult aimed at the company, which is, after all, her dad's company. She doesn't want to get anyone in trouble and is the opposite of a spy. If anything, karma wishes everyone who works at for sure could be as happy with their lot as she is. But she understands that sales can be hell and that happy days are often few and far between. She has learned the value of making herself scarce. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. A very beautiful woman, both inside and out. The eligible men of for sure would gladly give a leg to have a go at her. She is utterly in love with her boyfriend, Destin, who plays pop rock music on the internet. They make a very cute, shiny, red carpet style couple. The lead-generating phone soldiers go marching through. Elevator one dings first, then three, then two. It helps to understand that for sure sales offices take up an entire floor of office space within a much larger complex called Place Ren Elizabeth, which also serves as headquarters to a corporate railway, an imperial bank, and literally hundreds of other businesses housed in the mosaic of Montreal's underground food court city. In addition to the traffic of Fraser's corporate gangs, these three elevators also serve a host of other businesses aiming to provide trendy communal workspaces, watering holes, fitness centers, doctor's offices, and the like. Situated on the third floor, the stairs might seem a reasonable option and a pretty healthy choice in an otherwise sedentary, unhealthy, mostly depressed work environment. But the building is so typically ill-laid bylaw-ridden, and French, that there is no reasonable legal staircase. Such primitive technology is reserved strictly for emergency evacuations. Mook takes the fire escape stairs down every chance he gets, despite breaking the fire code law, but never takes the stairs up, as the fire doors have no handles to allow re-entry. Then again, there is no stairwell available leading from For Sure Telecom to the plaza, which is, of course, where everyone needs to go. The stairs lead to a convenient, if mislabeled, emergency exit. Inevitably, lines begin to queue, 
and because the elevators are central to a corridor which can be entered from either side, both at plaza level and at office levels, it isn't long before any sense of etiquette or common decency with regard to cramming oneself into an already packed elevator, rather than continue waiting, politely dissolves. Excuse me, I'm coming in, says the apparently feral man, vaulting to reverse himself into an elevator of for sure people but not before a friendly kick in his backpack sends him flying out the elevator again. This elevator is full, sir. Mook's colleagues stand jaws agape as the elevator shuts again, before exploding into laughter and cheer. Yeah, Mook! Fuck that guy, man! shouts Stanley. Thank you for doing that, Mookie, says Glenda. Nice rebuttal, smiles Emma. Emma.